crabs. How you how do? <laughs> All right. Show. All right. Let's do it. Let's get. Let's go. Let's see. It's episode five. All right. Hello and welcome to Up to It, Down to It, episode five. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar of Sutra Side Talk, and with me is Ty Robertson. Hey, I'm Ty Robertson, a VFX artist and. I, I guess musician, <laughs> if we're yeah, using well, my intro for this episode. You got an intro now, man. It's I'm excited by the time this, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, Roman Fruhan, or the, oh no, sorry, was do you want to restart? <laughs> I can't, yeah, restart, restart. you ruined my, my, my whole I'm thing. sorry. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the intro after we, uh, yeah, we'll talk about I, I won't. I won't mention it. I didn't know if you were right. going to yeah, say something. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start clapping. No, it doesn't. That, do that, that was a wonderful Make it real. Set. Make it real soft yeah. and right. close to the mic. All right, all right. I'm gonna, shut up, hold shut up. up. I'm just going <laughs> to... Cheers. All right. Going. Hello, and welcome to Up To It, Down To It, Episode 5. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar of Sutra Side Talk, and with me is Ty Robertson. Hey, I'm Tyler Robertson, a VFX artist and musician from Atlanta, Georgia. That freaking voice crack is going to kill me. <laughs> it's <laughs> there. It's and there. of course, Roman Fruhan. Yeah, now, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say it. something a little controversial here, but uh, get, you know what? God bless our troops. I got to get it off my chest. God bless our troops. <laughs> and last but not least, Miles Dill. Good evening, everybody. It's Miles Dill, random guy from Bermuda. <laughs> no and also skills. yeah stealth artist of course stealth artist, pirate rogue i'm I'm keeping it undercover today oh, okay no one should know we're miles still the hideout all right so welcome to up to it down to it guys this of course is our fifth episode and this show is usually the four of us getting together and we'll just have a specific topic we'll just jump in on and we just see how it goes, and today we are talking about our top game genres as well as those we don't really have a taste for. And of course, I'm sure we all have varying uh, opinions on a bunch of them. But before we get into them, really, I want to I want to go around and see who's this, uh, who's picking what now. Who who wants to talk about what? Because I know me personally, my top uh, my top genres are Western RPGs and fps games first person shooters and the ones i don't like too much are actually turn-based rpgs and i'll go ahead and uh pass it off to ty what, what's your top and bottom there all right well i should go ahead and say that it this is gonna be funny for people who know me but my bottom is also turn-based rpgs uh despite the fact that some of my favorite games of all time are turn-based rpgs but i, I had the realization the other day there's something that roman said a long time ago that resonated with me that made me he said it about movies but i'm gonna say it about turn-based rpgs where a long time ago we were talking about film and roman goes you know if you just like random like created a pile of like every movie ever made like including smaller releases and everything and randomly like chose a movie out of it it'd probably suck you know movies all just on average they usually suck (laughs) most movies are crap and i thought that was so funny because it's like, yeah, it's kind of it's special to find an exceptional movie. Yeah, out of out of all the movies in existence, about you know most of them are crap, and that kind of struck me with turn-based RPGs, where I was like, you know what, I have these very choice few that I like a lot, 
and the rest of them I really don't care that much about. Um, <laughs> so what's the, your what's the, your top genre then? So top, okay, that was just to get that out of the way. That's like what top? No, yeah. So top. Uh, this is gonna sound like such a broad genre, but uh, adventure games. Which hang with me. No, that's a thing. Um, that's a thing. Well, I, I decided to go looking into it. Like, how do you define in just a, an adventure game? Because that seems so broad. Um, so you know how like Doom and Wolfenstein are like the granddaddies of all first-person shooters, and like Tetris is the granddaddy of all like puzzle games. Uh, adventure for the Atari is the granddaddy of adventure games, and the basic requirements for an adventure game is that it's a uh, like an exploration-based game that has a narrative or an implied mm-hmm. narrative. And adventure came with a manual that had an implied narrative. Uh, oh, you read and- it. Yeah, yeah, you read it. It's not in the game. You tell me I gotta read? Yeah, a lot of these you have to read. I'm out. And uh, and usually the main mechanics of the games are not combat. They're usually puzzles, although there can be combat. And so I was like, oh, okay. So it's kind of like you find a lot of cross pollination in like horror and puzzle games, where you're not really fighting things. You're more like solving puzzles in a big environment that has a story, and uh, stuff like Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Journey, Clock Tower. Uh, freaking fatal frame like all of these like ooh. count like perfect as adventure games i'm like ooh yeah i do you, like you, those games you came that macho man randy cuts. savage there oh my goodness you yeah it's happening deep dude. cuts dude yeah all right now roman what, what's what about you what are your uh tops and bottoms there boy first i just want to say like as ty just gave me the realization that as someone with with over three thousand physical films in my collection and let me check steam real quick and and over over 300 games on steam i kind of fucking hate movies and video games <laughs> i think that's I what we do. were making the point of when you told me that the first time you're like yeah i think movies suck <laughs> yeah it's just a it just they'd make me miserable in the you're end. just surrounded by movies and just yeah like... <laughs> surrounded by films that make me miserable um no, but uh, for my favorite genre, I would have to say, see, everyone's saying like turn-based and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just saying the strategy game. Uh, the, the, I, I tried to look at the, the games that I've been playing most often, and, and there, there is a, the, the only defining feature between all of them because they're all like vastly different games, is that you need to think about every single thing that you are about to do. And so I say the strategy game. Um, my least favorite genre, which used to be my favorite genre, is probably the RPG. Um, I guess the Western RPG. Uh, Comron, how do you define how do you define the Western RPG? Just uh, action based RPG, so it's not really yeah. turn based. Okay, yeah. uh, then I would say then I would say the Western RPG. Um, that, yeah, they. That, yeah, that that's that's that is my that's my least favorite genre, uh, because some of my favorite games were Western RPGs, uh, but not a single good one has come out in the past eleven years. So. <laughs> I'm uh so I'm sitting over here growing fucking gray hairs waiting for a good one. Gotcha. And then Miles, what about you? What are your so, bottoms there, man? I'll say I'll start off on a good note. My favorite genre 
is gotta be pseudo simulators or like simulator arcade games where they they come in with this intention of selling this like experience in the most genuine way or authentic way possible and it, it can be like a simulator kind of like uh say ace combat where it's like uh yeah you're flying a plane in a realistic environment but nothing about shooting 100 missiles is realistic i love those <laughs> types of games. um in terms of games that i don't like ooh-wee. i think um it's kind of a uh encompassing almost like uh the thing blob type of description but i do think it is kind of accurate in what i despise but the western triple a rpg movie game like right. i can't stand those where Damn it's right. like a, a stupid like disneyland yahoo trick them up game and like they have these like they're ba- they're just bad movies like dude i i just want to watch a movie if you have a good story I don't want to have to like pick up my controller after watching a cutscene. And ironically, some of the best games that embody movies don't do that to you. So I think it's so strange how like you can get a cinematic experience playing a game, but the games that want to deliver you the cinematic experience are just like awful. Like it, it's just the worst of both worlds. But anyways, I, I feel like you can continue that conversation in depth as we continue our chat. Oh yes, of course. And uh, boys, how do how do we want to start this off? Do we want to go negative? Do we want to go positive? How I think we want to po- positive. Positive would be easier, and it probably won't wear me out in, in a <laughs> second. So I say okay. let's let's all go positive, guys. All right, and then we can rip on some stuff at the end. And then <laughs> and then yeah. I am fucking no holds bar, yeah. chugging this glass of wine and going down like I'm I'm going in. All right, all right. <laughs> I guess I'll start off this time. Uh, starting off with, of course, shooters and Western RPGs. And the reason for both is I think they had the biggest impact for me when gaming. Like uh, when I was little, I grew up doing, you know, Nintendo stuff. And it was just like, oh, it's the Mario games. It's Mario Kart, whatever. And I didn't really know much else. And I remember I was going to get a GameCube. And I was going to get it for Star Wars Rogue Squadron Rogue Leader. It was like the second Rogue Squadron game. Like, that was the reason I was getting it. Uh, Luigi's Mansion looked okay. I just was trying to comprehend a vacuum cleaner getting ghosts (laughs) because I was a kid. I didn't really get it too much. And I went to a buddy's house. And I had already played, like, Dinosaurs 3 and War of the Monsters. And I thought they were really dope on PS2. And I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. And... Then I went and played Medal of Honor Frontline for the first time. And it was my first real shooter. And I tried it out. And before I had played like Army Men games like Surge's Hero 1 and 2, which were cool, but they weren't like, you know, they didn't change my world. But I played Medal of Honor Frontline and I was blown away. And I'm like, this is a real game? And I started... Yeah. I was just going to say, that's like the moment, like the Medal of Honor series... uh... And at least for me as well, where it like transforms into like what you think of as like shooters today. Because I went, I just went back and played Sardis Heroes recently, and ooh, it has not aged too well. <laughs> Allied, uh, y'all are saying Frontline though. Allied Assault was the Medal of Honor game, like washing oh, yeah, for up, the PC people. Yeah, yeah, washing up on the beaches, playing through Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, it's like a dream come true for me. 
I'll say I think the two the two levels that really uh demolished my mind were the begin yeah the beginning like uh, Frontline and Allied Assault I think had the same start where you are in Normandy and you do like D Day. And I remember going through it and I was just like, oh my god, this is crazy. There's like all these dudes on the screen and they're all getting shot and I have to run up and kill these Nazis and stuff. And it just was insane. And then I don't know if anyone remembers, Ty, if you remember this, if you played Frontline, you played Frontline, right? I played it at a friend's house, so I remember what I remember. <laughs> there, okay, there was a level called Knights of Arnhem and it got me emotional as a kid because it was like I'd grown up watching a lot of war movies. Like uh, I always listened to my grandfather's stories about World War II when he was in it. And I got to a level called Knights of Arnhem and it's like Operation Market Garden. And there's all these British soldiers trying to fend off all these Nazis everywhere. And it got this really, really sad music that actually works really well with Saving Private Ryan. And it's like, it sounds like this young boy singing like choir style as you watch all these soldiers dying and the whole time I'm doing it, I kept restarting it because I would try to actually save each soldier uh, oh. instead of letting them die. And you could, it's just really hard, but I kept restarting because I couldn't bear the thought during that music playing of the sad ass music uh, of these soldiers dying. And I'm like, I gotta make it right. I gotta make it right. And it had such an impact where I didn't realize like shooters, like starting off, uh this is like you know way before call of duty so i didn't realize that shooters were so heavy with like i don't know a form of narrative and it evolved over time like i played the other medal of honor games throughout ps2 and then eventually like call of duty and brothers in arms so it was like really big with world war ii that's kind of what got me into it and then ps3 came and i got introduced to a whole new world i did not know it existed do you guys know what that is was it uh freaking resistance it was resistance but <laughs> there's something well. resistance and call of duty did for me it brought me into my first online multiplayer oh man and i was so blown away because i didn't have that with my ps2 and ps3 it's like connect to internet and i'm like what am i going to do with that and i jump into call of duty 3 online and i'm like what what's 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 this it's another player i'm killing them i'm, I'm killing them this is amazing i can't believe it and it just destroyed my mind and then eventually got resistance fall man and then call of duty 4 came out and that was god that was amazing hey, that but, was the game bro right it was oh it my blew god. my mind and i the graphics on that were wavy <laughs> oh yeah and dude i fell off i honestly fell off of shooters for a bit because call of duty like kind of killed everything else and then got crappy for a while so I, I just kind of fell off, but then it all got revitalized into a different direction where I got that narrative again with the Wolfenstein games, which were like, oh, it's narrative driven shooter. There's not even, you don't even need multiplayer, but then Call of Duty Modern Warfare comes out and that's amazing with the multiplayer. And then I get a game that changes everything for me. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I played, did you guys know I tried to play World of Warcraft for a bit? No. I didn't so I, I tried to play World of Warcraft, and this isn't the game that changed everything for me. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to get into this MMO. I'm going to really see if it works out for me. I fell asleep every day I played that game. I could be wide awake in the afternoon. I start playing WoW. I'm dead. I just knock out. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know why. I just keep falling asleep when I play this game, even when I've actually slept already and I'm awake. Like, it just knocked me out. So I'm like, okay, I don't think this game is for me. <laughs> but 
with uh, PS4 and Xbox One, they make a new game and it's called Destiny. <laughs> and I am like, what is this? And it is an MMO shooter and it has become a game that I've just been playing for years now. It's just taken over everything where my backlog of games is so massive because of this single series. This single, like, two games that have come out have demolished my entire, like, lineup of games I've wanted to play for years and made me, like, wait so long to play other things that I got so into it. But it's pretty much like shooters really, for me, give me... I'm a really, really big story guy. So when I get a story and a universe of stuff, like Resistance and uh, Destiny give you an entire thing of, like, backstory and all this secret stuff you can discover. It's, like, combined with that, and just simply shooting things just blew my mind. And, like, yeah, that's pretty much shooters. I don't want to take too much time with, like, that and Western RPGs, so I guess I'll stick with that one for now. And if we got time later, I can jump into Westerns. But, like, yeah, that's for me. I don't know how you guys feel about, like, that kind of thing, but if there were any shooters that got you guys like that. I mean, uh, like well, the Halo, obviously. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah never mind. <laughs> Miles should talk about Halo. <laughs> My goodness, like in in terms of okay, like one thing I, I do will give Halo like so much credit for, and part of why I love the genre of like, I guess pseudo simulators or arcade simulators is Halo's not that like entertaining a game in the abstract sense. doing that was like insanely fun so like you know shooting guys in a game you can do that in any game but shooting guys in halo like that was cool like and and even like um it's almost like how everyone played the campaign then the multiplayer because i feel like if you just jumped into the campaign i mean the multiplayer if you just jumped into the multiplayer it wouldn't be as fun because you're you're like psyched up on that campaign adrenaline like i want to shoot more guys like (laughs) this this is cool and um yeah man like that threw me for a loop and i think that that same emotion is what kind of gets me in games like ace combat or um even games like jurassic park operation genesis because like their gameplay loops sometimes aren't the strongest but they give you objectives and challenges that are so addictive or engaging that you're willing to to put a lot of time and energy into learning the mechanics of the game be it like big stuff or abstract stuff i mean abstract or minute stuff Hmm. yeah i think that's a thing that that last bit i feel like is something that maybe i'm just like jaded maybe i need to play more modern shooters and like you know uh i guess like it's military shooters really that I kind of got stale on because like when you get into more like you know sci-fi kind of fantasy stuff uh I I know it's kind of split you know decision on whether or not people in a friend group like the new doom but like you can at least say it's very different you know than what you see like as far as shooters nowadays like that's at least entertaining to me and engaging enough to be like yeah I'm willing to put the time in to learn the mechanics because it's so different but with like military shooters kind of becoming the standard for a long time it felt like like Cameron was saying, like Call of Duty was like revolutionary and then it kind of like, you know, got stale. Like it, it sort of was the um, like the thing that that made it catch everybody's attention and, you know, really gain an audience that just sort of rode for so long that like, you know, everybody who just copied Call of Duty was like, well, Call of Duty's doing great. 
let's just copy Call of Duty, and so everything just turned into COD clones. Dude, it ruined, uh, it ruined games for me, actually. Yeah, it kind of ruined uh, itself, you know? And uh, It did. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, because even though I'm a, I'm a very big Resistance fan, I'm a very critical Resistance fan at the same time, because uh, the three Resistance games in the trilogy, like the main three, are all different games. I don't know if you guys know this, but... Like they have oh, different yeah. fan bases. For better and for worse. <laughs> yeah, like the first one has its own control scheme. Its multiplayer is like twenty v twenty, and it kind of does the Halo model of like you could find the weapons at like the spawn points and stuff. Yeah, and you just kind of start off with the standards, and uh, the the control scheme isn't the best, but it's like fine. Resistance two is where they basically went Call of Duty. Yeah, and they took away like this awesome weapon wheel you had. So you every weapon you collect, you could just pick any weapon you want throughout the game to just fight with it. This one makes you just hold two, like Call of Duty. It does the Call of Duty control scheme, which actually did work out. That that was actually the better part. I mean, yeah, that's made a smooth. It, yeah, that was <laughs> they they made that very well. But then they uh, created an awesome co-op. There was an eight-player co-op that was basically Destiny before it started. It was like eight players go on and do these massive like strikes against enemies in like this cool uh, PVE content. And it was honestly way before its time. It, it like it, it was honestly really, really big and no one even realized it existed. And then they had like 30 v 30, 60 player multiplayer, which is huge. And then you get the third game where they're like, OK, we see where we went wrong with the Call of Duty. So here's a lot of the theme and style from the, th- uh, the first game. But mm-hmm. uh, we took out the eight player co-op that you all loved. We instead made it just two-player co-op for the campaign, so you're not getting anything new. And instead of 40 or 60 players, uh, it is 8v8 co-op, or 8v8 multiplayer. And you can start off with any weapon you want, including the ones that basically kill people instantly. And it was just like, (laughs) uh... No, the multiplayer, I was like, this is probably of the three, this is the worst multiplayer I've touched in a long time, but at least I have the (laughs) weapon wheel. And... (laughs) Because I remember, I, it was sad. I went to the studio and played it, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And then I went at home, and I played it more, and I'm like, after, like, two days, I'm like, I don't like this. And I just stopped playing it. But it was like that, and then I think it was around after Black Ops came out for Call of Duty that I dropped off of shooters. And that's actually where the other genre I was talking about, Western RPGs, all of a sudden entered my world with, like, Oblivion and Dragon Age Origins and stuff. And I'm like, because I, I remember, dudes, before, like, this is where I guess the my negative came in. I guess I'll just talk about it now. Script uh, the turn based art, turn based RPGs. I didn't really know anything about them, and I was okay with Pokemon. Pokemon was like that one exception. Same because I'm like, yeah, it's like the show, whatever, and like I'd play it, but I never really like grew. It never grew with me. Like once I post Silver, I stopped caring. I was like, whatever. This is it's. It was cool while it lasted, but. I'm not going to remain uh, tied to it like some people, but... Um, I can talk about I, I know <laughs> freaking yeah. Pokemon but, uh, for hours. But I, you, no, you're, you're correct. The spirit changed after Gold and Silver. The, the original designers were off after that, and it became uh, its own beast. Okay. So. Yeah, because I saw designs later, and I'm like, y'all want me to play this now? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. The but, first two games are very much like the core of like what people think of as Pokemon, and then like the OG designer was like, all right, I'm done. Like, you guys can... Mm. New team can have it, and so that's why it feels like super different after those games. Okay. But I remember uh, I was really big into Lord of the Rings in the PS2 days, and I got 
a new game and I'm like, oh my God, it's Lord of the Rings, the third age. It is like the first game that's not on the movies. So it's going to be something new. And I get it. And the first thing it does is put me in a turn-based battle. And I'm like, what? Dude, no kidding. I had the same thing happen. I I like, yeah, I got that game. I think I either borrowed it from a friend or got it from like Blockbuster. And I was like, wow, Lord of the Rings games, that's not the movie game. And yeah, it's I figured I didn't know it was turn-based and it pissed me off. <laughs> I was so angry. I felt so betrayed because I'm like, but I I wait, I wanted I wanted it. It was Lord of the Rings. It was supposed to be for me, right? And I'm like, I have to take turns against fucking goblins. Are you kidding me? So I was so just jaded by it that I'm like, this is what an RPG is. RPGs are stupid. And then I was probably like, what, like 12 at the time. And then people showed me Final Fantasy. And I'm like, that's gross. Never show me that again. But I'm like, the music's nice, though. And uh, I just never wanted to touch RPGs. And then like, you know, I'm getting tired of shooters. And then someone's like, hey, dude, try Oblivion. And I'm like, the hell is Oblivion? He's like, it's an RPG. And I'm like, get your gross shit out of here. I don't want to play your fucking Oblivion. You know, your turn-based bullshit. And he's like, what do you you tell? There's no turns. And I'm like, what do you mean? I thought RPGs are all, you take turns killing each other when I could just run up and shoot someone instead. Mm-hmm. Why would I Why would I want to take turns? And he's like, you don't. You just run up and stab them you instead. Whack them with this big stick. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, let me come to your house and check it out. And I watch him play it. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's like first person, but there's a sword in my hand and I can stab people. What? You, <laughs> so, you sound like you sound like my sister when when she says she doesn't want to watch a movie because it's in black and white. <laughs> Except yeah, I knew I mean, that's not a bad point. Like I was like, that that's true. White movie suck. And then I watched the artist, and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Hey, <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've liked black and white movies. So, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried Oblivion, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. So I bought it, and then I got Dragon Age Origins, and then I got like Skyrim and Dragon Age Two, and then Dragon Age Two was like, okay, so they're not all good. They're not. Some are pretty bad, uh, and I just went on from there. But it. For a time, it replaced uh, like shooters for me to the point where now I've become very stingy on RPGs. Like RPGs are where I really love them, or I really just have such high standards that they they can just rub me a complete wrong way. Where they're also like turn based, or like the ones I don't like. But there's also some Western ones I just kind of despise too, because it's like. I, I kind of grew with the Elder Scrolls and Fallout stuff, and I'm like, oh, these are the best. And then people are like, oh, what about Witcher 3? And I'm like, I don't know what that is, whatever. And, you know, I think it was you guys that convinced me. You're like, check it out, play Witcher 3. And I did. And then it ruined everything else because I'm like, this is so good. How could these be only there when they could be just this good and they have more people working on this game? I don't understand how this is happening. You guys ruined Fallout 4 for me. I hope you know that. Oh yeah! Oh gosh, that was such a sad <laughs> that was, phase. Like, the worst. All of us being oh, get, so excited for Fallout get, 4. Get fucking ready. Oh, get boy. fucking ready. Go for it. Yeah, you want to? Um, I think go I'm wrong? pretty much. Yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> oh, you want me to just go? Okay, go, cool. go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get the nice happy stuff over with today. Um, I uh, I've been playing a lot of strategy-based games. Um, XCOM. I'm playing a lot of XCOM too. Uh, but but that's that's not really it. Um, uh, I yeah, just 
I, I've been playing a lot of Hunt Showdown, mm. which is Crytek's like Lovecraftian Western first person shooter type game. But it feels it does not feel like a first person shooter at all. It feels like I am playing chess with complete strangers. And if I make one false move, I am dead, period. And it feels like the playing field is completely level um, for the most part. Um, it, it's, it's like when I tried to get into Halo 2's multiplayer when I was a kid, I just could not, I, I could not hold my own against anybody. Uh, I would just drop in and instantly get domed by someone who's just running around with a battle rifle um and with hunt showdown um there's just every everything at my fingertips any any weapon even the worst weapons in the game you can get a you can get a one-hit kill i was gonna say you uh you to prove your point we were playing a match the other day and I, i brought a knife to a fight with a guy with a Nitro Express, the most powerful gun in the game, and I killed him with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I... <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I do. I ran out of ammo for all my weapons, and so I just pulled out my knife, and it's me versus like the last dude on the server. His partner's dead, Roman's dead, and I'm just jumping around back and forth, and he can't hit me. <laughs> and I finally run up and lucky shot him with the knife my friend, and kill him. Oh my, my God. My friend Eric and I, we were just playing, and uh, it was a single bounty map which is always a death trap. And we dropped in with shit guns because we're poor. And so we're just sitting at, at one of the extracts waiting for, for the team fight to end. It's like eight teams killing each other right now. So they all kill each other. There's two dudes left. They pick up their loot and they walk all the way over to the bounty. And they're so cocky that they've killed everyone. And they are just walking out with some badass weapons and all the loot and what do we do we sit there with our base weapon pistols boom headshot guy starts freaking out runs into a trap that i put down he explodes and and it was it it was it was strategy over being stupid and just running in there with our base weapon shit we had to outsmart these guys in a pretty cheap way mind you but they had all of the resources at their fingertips to just completely destroy us it 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 goes back to when when i was a kid and um i i would go over to my friend's place and i'd play morrowind and i'd play oblivion and um i i was very excited for fallout 3 to come out and and i bought it and i loved it and i wanted more of that so my friend bruno gave me his copies of fallout 1 and 2 now these are turn-based rpgs and but something about them having complete freedom and being unrelentingly hard and you having to sit there with every encounter like it's a game of chess having to think about how am I going to pull this off was so rewarding to me after every encounter I could be just beating up a cockroach but after that after that small instance it 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 just made me feel so good it made me feel like I accomplished something 
Um, unlike some games where you just run in and tank absolutely everything. There's it even even in late game like Fallout Two. There you cannot, you still can't tank. You can't tank in the game because you end up going up against a bunch of tanks. You know, it's like playing Warhammer Forty K. You know, yeah, there's no such thing as tanking in those games, man. I, I like, like your laugh. With what you call it? I like Fallout One and Two because, like, it's one of the few games that I think, like, I guess why I was saying I like certain games for their narrative context. It gives you such a sense of urgency and such an impossible task yeah. that, like, it, it's one of the few games I think that gives you the sense of adventure that a, a movie does. Yeah. Like, um, I, I don't know if you guys have seen The Navigator. But um, that's a spectacular film that I felt like playing Fallout 1, I got the same emotion as watching The Navigator. Because, like, it, it's it's insane to think of, you know, like, you live your life in this entire vault. It gives you this whole context for this scary world. And then, like, when you're in there and you realize that, like, the game lives up to the hype it, and responsibility it bestows upon you. Like, it, and I don't know. I, it was intense, a very intense experience. I, I have to, I have to get that movie on Blu-ray. Arrow just put it out, and I, and I passed on it because I didn't know what it was. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess that if we're just going into negatives, that brings up Western RPGs. Yay! <laughs> um, yay! Uh, uh, I, I was so coming off, coming off the heels of Fallout Three, and, and me just absolutely loving fallout one and two to death i played fallout two an ungodly amount of times wait did you beat both yeah i beat fallout one uh two times and i beat fallout two many many times in fact i beat it once when i was staying at ty's place I was sitting in his That's basement. Right, I watched you play. No, I just <laughs> just finished playing the Telltale Walking Dead games, just being like, "Wow, that was a point and click," and, uh, <laughs> and so I choose kill or not to yeah, kill. Yeah, choose good guy or bad guy. <laughs> like, and so so I decided to reinstall Fallout Two, and uh, my character became a porn star, and I decided that that was the <laughs> end of their storyline. Yeah, you can do whatever you want in the game, Comron. It's called a role-playing game, something that a lot of role-playing games forgot to put in. It's you true. know, <laughs> I so, fight demons. Yeah, so so uh, <laughs> I I wait for Fallout New Vegas to come out. I play it. It's it's it it made me realize that Fallout Three betrayed me, and I didn't even know it. Like. <laughs> it was like it was like finding out that your master like who's been training you in like kung fu and all this stuff turns out to be like an evil ninja you know and you're just like oh shit he taught me the ways and the ways were evil <laughs> so fallout fallout new vegas kind of like changed my changed my view on how to approach video games of a certain of a certain make and model um so I love New Vegas. It had a ton of problems, but thank but you, Obsidian. I, I have I have played it. I've played it more times than Fallout Two at this point. Um, I I have played through so many different characters, and I feel like I can go through and play so many different, so many more different characters. You know, uh, 
unfortunately, uh, a lot of Western RPGs like um, Skyrim, uh, which I bought day one, waited in line for five hours to get that game, uh, was so excited to play it. Still have never beaten it. What? Still have still have never beaten Skyrim, and I have sunk hundreds of hours into it just restarting it because I got bored. Like when you get bored playing an RPG, yet you, there's there's something there's something wrong because that's like saying I just I got bored with with being with with this entire world. I was just bored with the world. Everything was gray. The races were not exciting. After you fought one dragon, you fought them all. Um, but Roman, you love skooma. <laughs> and see, you know what's crazy? When you did skooma in Oblivion, you were doing like super speedy, insane, game-breaking drug. And you died for it. But it it worked. And it was a very exciting and funny experience. When you did Skooma in Skyrim, it just kind of like buffed your character and then you went through withdrawal later. It's a, you could go to a clinic after, like it makes you like, you're fine. After. Yeah, it's you're not, fine. It's not, no, no skin off your back, right? Meanwhile, meanwhile in Oblivion, like you've got a beautiful, colorful, colorful, I mean, broken world. Um, and you've got like characters running around singing like I'm on skooma, I can fly so high. Like like I loved that shit. And there was nothing funny or fun like that in in Skyrim that kept me coming back for more. Same thing with Fallout Fallout Four. I've restarted Fallout Four four times, actually. <laughs> I can't um, replay the game more than once. I had so yeah. much fun my first replay, and the second time, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> me too. I, I, I had so much fun. I had so much fun playing Fallout 4 for the first time. Uh, I think my first playthrough, I I I got to like two no 200 hours. Like I just broke 200 hours when I reached the Institute because I was doing everything else. And then when I reached the Institute and I started playing those missions, I got real bored real fast. I, so I, I actually thought, never finished the, the expansion. I never got to Nuka World. I never finished Far I, Harbor, to I, be I, honest. Nuka I never downloaded a single one. Never downloaded a single oh, one. Oh, damn. I, I, so I, I, yeah, I, I restarted again. And I tried again and again. And, and the world was so boring and bland. It could not keep me. It couldn't keep yeah. me. It It... It took it. It was like if if Fallout, if Fallout New Vegas, or well, if Fallout Two was a delicious like handcrafted cocktail from the Bahamas, you know, like a nice fruity, like it's got pineapple and shit in it. It's got liquors you never even heard of. You drink it and you're like, wow, that was really good. And then it hits you, hits you like a ton of bricks, and you're just like, holy shit, this game just made me drunk. Fallout New Vegas is like the virgin version of that where it's still delicious, but you're not going to get drunk on it. And Fallout 4 was like a LaCroix where it's just like a bubbly water no. with, like, with like a weird kind of like essence of fruit in it. It's like somebody uh, ate some fruit and then burped in your drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like someone... 
Yeah, it's like someone. It's <laughs> that's the best explanation I have ever I'm heard you for that, that dream. Funny. <laughs> yeah, I want to take that back to LA now. And then, meanwhile, Cyberpunk 2077 is like someone ate uh, a fuck ton of fruit and 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 then just topped it off with asparagus and then pissed it into a pint glass. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> Just what like, don't worry been having them? don't worry there's fruit in there man <laughs> there's fruit in there i'm like yeah it's fucking ruined with asparagus thanks for the glass of piss bud i i, I just like that as a shooter i didn't even see that game as an rpg it's just like a shoot them up then they shouldn't uh they should get have your advertised slow-mo. it for 10 years like, well, they advertised it for 10 years. I mean, oh, I'm thinking of skyrim but now i was gonna say advertised it's like they kind of just made it over and over again for 10 years mm. but uh I, I will say it's crazy because you know elder scrolls was that thing like dragon age is like in mass effect kind of bower stuff came in after they were still second fiddle always kind of the bethesda stuff and i really love them and i didn't notice the differences in skyrim that i'm like oh i didn't realize there are certain aspects of oblivion that they took out of it and instead they were like you know one step like i watched some documentaries eventually like after playing witcher because Witcher made me really sad with these games. And then uh, learning that like each game from whether it was like Fallout, Elder Scrolls, whatever it was that they were making, it was like they'd make one cool change, but then they'd lose two cool things from the previous one and just cut it out. And like each time they've done it, it feels less and less like you even have a choice in it. Like Fallout yeah. 4, there's no like way to really spin anything whereas like new vegas you're like oh you know i could recruit these guys or like betray these guys four is just like do you want one two three or four ah ah, no ah, you get those four options it's like mass effect you get the four options you're either a good guy you're either a good guy but apprehensive you're gonna be a good guy but a total (laughs) dickhead or you're gonna be bad, but every decision you make in the game is good, and it all ends See, up with thing, the same goddamn ending. Uh, oh, Miles, you dropped. Miles, you me. died. Yeah, <laughs> one thing. Ah. <laughs> oh no, Miles, come back. I need to get this man a computer. I don't fucking sell computers in Bermuda, Miles. You make so much money as a pirate, like. <laughs> I'm not a pirate. COVID happened on my goddamn couch. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking couch pirate. I'm, I'm All right, the couch you, pirate's I'm, back. <laughs> yeah, I, I need. I need to go back to being a pirate, dude. That you know, Bill Gates said that shit's too cool for you to be doing, man. And they're like, I gotta live like a dork now. Um, but yo, one thing I love about Fallout Four is it gave me a superpower. So when I played the game, I deluded myself into seeing my own game. So, like, if I walked into a room, I saw it cinematically in my head. So then when I was, like, talking to people about my experience playing Fallout 4, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, they're like, how the fuck did you do that in Fallout 4 without mods? My and then I realized vision. that I'm like, this game is so bad, I'm coping. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I, t- Ty used to, Ty used to walk into our living room and, and I'd be playing Fallout 4. And he would see me just like dress my character up as a raider. And I was just like, yeah, there's this place called like the fucking battleground or some shit like that. It's like a Thunderdome. We get to watch like people fight. I'm ready. So like I, I just like murdered a bunch of innocent people. So I'm like, don't worry. They're definitely going to like me. I walk in and they're like, hey, hey, there's that fault guy. And then they start like shooting at me. I'm like, how the 
I got rid of that suit immediately. As soon as I got out of the vault, I dressed up. I got a mohawk. I got spikes. My armor's made of freaking used tires. And y'all are shooting at me? How can you tell? Same thing with going to like the... There, there is like a horse race track where all these robots are racing. That's and it's right. like all the C, yeah, C. Like all the mob guys are betting on them. Yeah. So I dress up in my best pinstripe suit. I show up with a Tommy gun. I'm like, sup, guys? They're just like, hey, there's that vault guy. <laughs> and they just start like shooting at me. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's not like New Vegas where it's like dress up as Caesar's Legion, rock around in their territory without getting killed by them. It, it's also not like Fallout 1. When when you wear the vault suit in Fallout 1, people notice that. And they go, oh, you're from somewhere different. And then you're like, yeah, I'm from, I'm from a vault. I'm looking for a water chip. Uh and and you can like actually like send a caravan to go bring them some extra water and it will extend the timer but now raiders and super mutants know what and where the vault is yeah oh. so much it's and, such a good place and and this game came out in what 97 that's why I, uh, yeah dude no kidding but we can build houses now this is this oh, yeah we it's <laughs> minecraft now yeah Minecraft while I watched okay. my Adam Sandler I did, like, movies. Building building the bases though. That was fun. Okay. Miles' base. I will say if you if you guys came to our house when Fallout 4 came out, it was Miles, Chris, Nikki, and I all at the same time in our respective rooms on our respective screens playing the exact same game separately. All just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, this is something funny because I was thinking about this the other day. Uh Roman, you're talking about how, like, you know, game mechanics that came out way back, you know, haven't persisted in, you know, the future iterations of Fallout. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's because, like, there's, you know, there's a trade-off when you make a game. Adding detail in some areas means that you're going to have to lose detail in other areas. It, you know, there's never going to be a perfect simulation game because, like, the, the man hours just don't exist unless you're willing to put, like, 50 years into a game. That made yeah. me think the other day when I, I went back and watched some of the old like tech demos, air quotes, for 2077, um, you know, when they were saying like, we've given every NPC, you know, their own schedule and we've given them all, you know, unique attributes and so on and so forth. I, as soon as they said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a lie. Like the man hours, <laughs> the man hours for that don't exist. Like it's, it's not physically possible unless you dedicate, why, like unless the why, game revolves. Why, why? Around, well, it, to, to give the, the game devs do this all the time where they, they claim, you know, that there's more depth to the game than there is because they assume that the average consumer is not going to dig under the surface layer to take a look. But like, it's just because like um because i remember hearing this like years back with other rpgs where they say like we did this unique thing where like every interaction is unique and i'm like no i've heard you reuse todd. the same yeah todd i've heard todd. you reuse the same voice actor <laughs> 10 times in the last 10 minutes like you know it's and so um you know the, they exaggerate their or like you know good another good example uh borderlands as much as i love like the gunplay of borderlands when they were like we you know five million guns i'm like yeah and you know 90 percent of those are just the same gun with a different skin and randomized Dude, i didn't stats. feel a difference like, with any of those fucking guns at all i was like yeah it's the same gun. so so when they Ty, when they you loved you i did loved love borderlands tie um and now you, i hate you, it <laughs> i joined I the dark side so Ty. come here yeah. Ty, Ty, Ty tried to ruin my life <laughs> i i, I t 20 2012 tie 
tried to ruin my life. This man showed me this man showed me my first Avengers movie. Yeah. And and he made me play Borderlands once. <laughs> There's, I've, I've heard people do some despicable shit, but no, dude, that man. takes you're a pretty bad person. That's fucked up, you. dude. Yeah, it's and that's I'm like sorry. 2012. That's like when you first met this man. You just straight <laughs> up right. first impression was like, "Do you want to see Avengers and Borderlands?" I promise. Ooh, they're now good. that Borderlands movie is coming out, and I'm just like, oh, "What? There's a Borderlands oh, movie? Oh, oh, oh dude, oh, that's yeah, its so own. T- there's a bo- the cast? dude. Freaking Jack Black's playing the freaking robot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, you know what? Excuse me, I'm getting another drink. Dude, Excuse I'm me. not even joking. That's news that came out like I, two I hours think it's ago. Appropriate. I mean, it's appropriate. I guess. Like, you know, Borderlands is cringe, and they got a cringe movie. <laughs> it's true. The movie's gonna. Dude, reflect. Lilith is being played by Kate Blanchett. You oh got Roland gosh. is playing by Kevin Hart. And what is happening? I, all right, oh. this was the most out of left field. Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Doctor Tannis. What the heck is happening? Yeah, it was. Okay. I was like, what? hold on a minute. <laughs> I'm going to get a drink as well. <laughs> straight I'm up. Not even straight up. All right, go, go, go. I, you know what? This is, the, this is why we do this fight. Miles, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? I'm like, kind of glad died. Actually, no, no, it didn't die. But like, at least the ones that survived are like the least insufferable out of it. And that, dude, hero shooters, man, I am so glad that like, we're at the the tail end like like we reached like a stability point it has and it's funny it's you it's just you and me right now literally roman and ty actually left and got drinks like yeah they, they walked what away I'm, that's but, what i'm talking about it's a little miles moment now yeah dude my time to shine go for it oh my gosh like i remember battleborn coming out and you know i'm, I'm not gonna dox anybody on, on this podcast but i remember people being like certain people being like yeah that all borns the game for gamers like it's unique it's not like some hey man i didn't say that (laughs) don't no 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 it's gonna say i hate battleborn i have it here quoted by ty he said battleborn is the shit that was around the time that i started coming around and being like "Ooh, this is like really cringy i don't mm." it's like my borderlands all over again (laughs) it really was that that we're like Big into to battle war. other people, not Utah, not Utah, other people. But like they're making all these snobby <laughs> remarks as if like this is gonna be the new game coming out. And I'm like, whatever, man. Like I, I still like Halo, even if no one appreciates Halo. But then like the game comes out and I'm like, come on. Like you like watch a cutscene from Halo and it's like expertly shot, like great music, great atmosphere, like it's cool. Like you watch Battleborn and you're like Dude, just like a mushroom wearing Converse or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually, was there an actual mushroom wearing Converse? I think it was like a snake. I don't know. There was a Converse character there. It was so terrible. It was so cringy. They put me in the game. Dude. They put me in the fucking game. I troopers to like make fun. Like, it was like, you know what it looked like? Is like Halo's like the bodybuilder walking down the street, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then like the the skinny like stupid kid, like huh, I mean, you feel real dumb with those muscles, huh? Like, honestly, I looked at that game, and this is the you know I've I've been an ass, I've been a real like aggressive guy in my life. But that was the type of stuff that would drive me up the wall where I'm like, you can't be having fun. Like, stop lying to yourself. Like, done. 
what's going on here? And I, I feel like that that type of sentiment, and like I guess it's like a it's weird, you know. I'm I'm got a big ego because I do things that I think are cool. Whereas like these other guys play these whack ass games or they create these whack ass games and they get this crazy ego from it. And I'm like, okay, look, pop a wheelie. That's some cool shit. Talk some shit about it. Or, you know, talk to the girl you like. You're winning, bro. That's life. Make a cool game? Badass. But do not be smoking some pot being like, I just came from the Fallout 4 really on the best triple-A game to have on the market. Like, no, dude. Fuck <laughs> off. Like, Dude, Miles, Bethesda Softworks company is just listening to this like, I why I oughta. That's, you know the games. You know the games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. I don't know if I don't know if we already brought it up while I was out trying to get yeah. drunk. But I mean, um, dude, I'm there with you now. Like, yeah. Oh, you're a wineman. Yeah, that's all I've got right now. So I'm a yeah, wineman. I um. <laughs> this, but, is, this is sad times. Yeah, this is a sad. This is a very sad conversation we're having. But uh, like Dark Souls and bloodborne and all of those games um it's it's really fun to watch if you're in a room with your friends and one of your friends is playing i used to watch cody play bloodborne all the time Mm -hmm. but those games like i would put that i would put those in strategy games but they're it's just memorizing a it's just memorizing a pattern like if i'm playing XCOM, i can't memorize a pattern because it's random every freaking time like yeah. if I save scum and I'm like I I I'm very sad that Comron died. Wait, what? Like, we'll get there, Comron. Don't worry. You killed uh, me in XCOM. We'll get there, Comron. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but if Comron died and I save scum and I try to do something different, it 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 yields different results. If I try to do something the same, it yields different results. In Bloodborne, it's just like, all right, I got to watch around for this corner because there's this guy that's going to be there and there's going to be dogs right behind that thing. Yeah. And then when I do the boss, I have to go up, up, down, down, left, right, left, well, right. You know right. what Bloodborne and, you know, the whole soul's like, I mean, they're their own genre. Um, it's it's, a, it's it's their own genre. It's basically Dance Dance Revolution. No, you know what it really is, is it's the classic uh, original NES and SNES Castlevania games translated to 3D. Yes. That's what it is. Is a that's as right. close as you can possibly like you know uh, compare it to something else. I still um, need to play those. Well, because it, it's just like that. You know, you you get a game over in Castlevania, you go back to the start, or you go back a level, and yeah, it's memorizing enemy placement, attack patterns, exact same kind of thing. Like, and that's why it's impressive, but I I can't say that it's fun. It can be, but you know what? Uh, I recently replayed uh, or, or reattempted and actually finished the original Dark Souls, um, and it becomes fun once you like understand some of the really deep mechanics. But then it's like I don't even know if I can recommend that to somebody because you have to be like so deep in like the math of like how the game works and how stats works in ways that you can like cheese certain enemies. Um, it's like it's almost like you're battling the game itself, not just the enemies you come across, like the actual mechanics you're like trying to outsmart uh, and like outwit numbers. Um, it it, I see it becomes it. Like, an obsession. I, I like get it. it gets really deep. It's it's fun on a certain level, but it's just not for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it. I I honestly I put it up there with with uh, Guitar Hero and Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, the only difference yeah. being is that those are pattern games 
that you get to listen to some sick ass music to and pretend that a you're a rock star or b you are a breakdance champion yeah or a, a which demon is just like crying and <laughs> yeah which is crying really not to, trying not to die like oh my god yeah. uh dark souls i have never felt like a demon hunter or in bloodborne i've never felt like a demon hunter i just feel like a chump <laughs> yeah it does feel like a chump time. every time i play it it's really just the end payoff, the one time that you get it right, that you get to feel really cool. <laughs> yeah. Bloodborne scared me away. A real curious game in, in terms of like me not liking the movie game sensibilities versus like liking these games that, that put you in some crazy shoes. So one thing I thought was wild is I, I get play Resident Evil 6, right? The most hated game in the entire series, right? Everyone's like, <laughs> Oh, five the, was cool. The the WWE it, version of Resident Evil. I honestly I didn't like five either, but the multiplayer was tight. Yeah, people talk talk all these shit about these games, right? So like six, I, I put it in and I'm like, let's see what the worst game's about. And like I'm playing the campaign and like, yeah, the campaign kind of sucks. Like there's all these kind of set pieces. Um the the game doesn't really give you enough ammo for like the type of game it is. And you know, it's like whatever, man. But then I'm like, you know, this game's got some weirdly cool mechanics. Like, not many shooters can you, like, jump on your back and roll around to the side. Um, like, each character has, like, like not just one unique melee move. They have, like, a whole set of melee moves. I mean, if you play as Leon and you have, you're have aiming a pistol, I, you press Y and he pulls out a second pistol. You can't reload, but in, if you're in a jam, you can, like, pull out the second pistol and, like, really piece up some zombies or monsters like like i was like okay that's just cool so i hit the mercenaries mode where it just puts you in an arena with a bunch of different monsters that are relevant to that level so say if you wanted to pay like play all the the chinese hong kong monsters you go to the hong kong level and you can play against all the bosses and monsters from that stage and all of a sudden it's i can't put this game down because it's like one of the deepest, most skill-based third-person shooters I've ever played. It's like Max Payne with even more mechanics in it. And I'm like, this is insanely fun. And I'm here like gushing about this game to one of my friends. And he's like, well, fine, like, let, I'll put it in. Let's play it. So I give the controller to him. And like the only guy, this, the only thing he thinks to do is move around, like strafe around in a circle and shoot zombies so he gets killed he's like oh this game sucks this is not what resident evil is about so i'm like like but this, this is so good like so i show him like me playing it and he's like oh wow that is pretty cool but like you know i feel like you have to learn to do that and i'm like well it's a video game you can't just be good immediately like anyways fast forward to resident evil remake 2 right all all the friggin reddit jackasses are like this is the best resident evil game ever like, it's back it's back resident evil saved and I was like, screw it. Maybe these guys took everything good from six because it has like the same third person camera and they may possibly they turned into a really good game. So I pop it in. The first zombie shows up and I'm like, OK, this is kind of tense. I'm digging it. Shoot the zombie in the head. He doesn't die. Shoot him in the head again. He doesn't die. Shoot him seven times. They waste my time and bullets seven times. <laughs> and then the zombie just falls over. And I was like, God damn it. I hey man, just like it was game. back in the day. Like, like, no, but back in the day, okay, there, there's a reason why back in the day it worked. And this is why that Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, and 0 
are still my favorite Resident Evil games. I tried for, I tried for a ton. I, I have four sitting in my living room. It's sitting in my PlayStation 2 right now. I'm trying it again. But that, the, the tension of the fixed camera angles, like that's how you do yeah. a movie video game. Like that, yeah, I actually did feel I like agree. I'm playing a movie. Now, if I'm in a hallway and I've got my gun and there is a zombie there, you're just tapping, you're just tapping the fire button. And some of the hits are landing and it's always like hitting the chest, hitting the chest, hitting the chest. Finally, the fourth shot is the head and it's out of your control. It feels like it feels like it's just a part of the movie. It's a part of your character. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Unless, like that's if you had the shotgun and you let it get up close and you just like pointed the the little d-pad arrow up and you pulled the trigger it would just blow the zombie's head off so nice little touch there but but miles you are absolutely right about the resident evil 2 remake just add more zombies and make me shoot it in the head like the end that's all i get to do but it uh, overall Please, did it uh, still did it have i guess the same system then where it was like both versions did have the zombies like uh, taking forever to kill. Yeah, they they basically yeah yeah. The, the, Re Resident Evil zombies. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Yeah, go I was just gonna yeah, say I Resident Evil 2's remake. From what I understand, they remade all the environments. They redid all the dialogue, all the animations. Um, but like the core gameplay loop and like the amount of damage it takes to kill a zombie, or at least the number of like times you have to pull the trigger to kill a zombie, is like still the same. Okay, so they just kind of made it look nice, and then it's they still made it, pretty much the same game. Yeah, they made it look relatively, yeah. relatively. Yeah, like, like the issue I'm trying to highlight here is like because I can't stand these movie games, and like they, they feel that gamers to well, gamers today they eat the slop up. So like you know they're they're right. This game sold a fuck ton, but like it, a game where where Resident Evil sells a horror movie experience to you, like like Roman said, when you're shooting a zombie very much the character because of the fixed angle and stuff it's like in the movies where like the guy shoots the zombie and it doesn't die and he's like oh my god like you get that tension where it's like when they put that into the third person action game like the one that actually has feedback and like heck if it's going to be a third person game you might as well run the shit out of it which resident evil 5 and 6 in my opinion did and those those ones take advantage of the third person mechanic and like where I think six actually is kind of funny is instead of you being in that in that artificially Resident Evil remake where the, where they're trying to force you to relive the nostalgia by making the game like just unreasonable, like come on guys, like I'm aiming a laser pointer right to this guy's eye socket with a 44, he's dying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyways, like like where where it's like I think it's funny Resident Evil Six makes it more cinematic like or, or at least takes me back to those resident evil 2 games and such the originals because it's it's a john woo movie like i'm like dude so, so like once you get in that different mindset where you're like okay if the bad guy is like charging back his like sticky arm attack instead of like just standing there like a jackass i'm gonna do like what they do in a movie and jump on my back and shoot this guy in his legs and then like when you get good at the game and you start to know the enemies like you get these sick ass gameplay moments where like, all right, one time this monster's charging at me. So I'm shooting 
I jump on my like my back because I dodge it like zombie from behind and on my back I reload and then like I roll across the ground like Jackie Chan or some guy trying to stomp on me shoot him in the legs and then like because the melee system's so good you're on your ground you can kick someone with their foot and like he trips but then like lands on your your waist and then you shoot him in the head and you're like this is some John Wick shit like this is I think uh, and you, you once compared it to like like learning the moves of like a fighting game yeah, because every like I think the wildest one where there's one character whose weapon slots are is his hands. Like he gets a whole he gets not only his normal melee attacks, but a whole new set because he's not using a weapon, he's just using his hands. And then what's even more gnarly is there's a chick with a sawed-off triple bower shotgun, right? And I'm like, what I wonder what her unique move is. Her thing is if you use like the quick aim. So everyone's got like a quick shot where they do a quick draw from their holster. And like, it, it's good for, if you're around the corner and a zombie's right there, you can like quick draw them and shoot them. And um, like, sometimes you can hit them in the head. Sometimes it just makes them stagger. But her one is she'll like spin around and do like a John Woo the killer spin and go down to a knee and shoot. So if there's like a mini boss, you can like do a risk and reward where like he'll swing like a, his mutant arm or something. And you can like dodge it and then get these like high damage counters. And what's even crazier is if you time it correctly and succeed, you can do it up to four times with different mm -hmm. poses, different directions. So you can like run, slide into a room, dodge something, and then hit four guys around you or three guys rather because it's a triple barrel shotgun. And then what's even smoother is the reload mechanic, like animation is unique. So you, you like spin around and do the like reload stylishly and like the guys around you like are like like dead and, and it's like bro how did people like see this game and be like this game sucks like <laughs> it just seems so like counterintuitive it's like playing fear and not using bullet time or just being like i'm not gonna sprint i'm not gonna wall run i'm just gonna go straight into guys like goldeneye and be like, fear's a shitty shooter. I walked forward into the guys, and they killed me. Like, no, dude, fear, <laughs> fear was incredible when it came. Out. Dude, such a good game, man. Such they, a good game. They made bullet time. They they made bullet time the strategy that you needed to use. It was the same thing with like uh, Max Payne. Max Payne yep. one and two. If you did not use bullet time at certain at certain moments in the game, you fucked. You're done. Straight up. Did you, like, um, Miles? I know you. Uh, you always searching for stuff on Xbox. Did you ever play Sunset Overdrive? Oh, I uh, to be honest, I I played like a couple seconds of it. It, it weren't it weren't my like. Forgive any listeners that are, are you know socially uh, politically correct, but but like the only way I know how to describe it is. Some game the games have to be autistic for me to like them. Yeah, like well, they, Suns, they have to be kind of kind of crazy. That's 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 how I like Sunset Overdrive. I was so excited for because I was like, this is this is what they're trying to do with Dead Rising now, and I feel like these guys can make it work. And it was fun for the two hours that I played it, and I never wanted to go back. Well, I mean, it. I thought it. I don't know, it, you gotta get used to, because I remember I first tried playing it, and I didn't even try grinding. I was just running around, and I remember, dude, because I played it first at E3, and a dude's like, you're not playing it right. And I was like, huh? And later on, like, I bought it and tried it out, and 
learning how to grind and then using all the different types of weapons and you can kind of switch them up pretty fast the weapon wheel mm -hmm. uh you can do all this kinds of stuff because you could do grinding on these rails and then i could jump onto any type of platform whether it's a car or uh just like parts of a building you just bounce so you're like hopping around like a freaking cartoon but at shooting the vinyl discs at but, people. but at the same time the world wasn't fun enough for me to continue meanwhile the oh i get you because it's not the, there's not really much going on it's kind of the same thing wherever yeah, you go it's not really too it, different it I get lasted that. it lasted two hours for me meanwhile the first dead rising game oh yeah and that that game's got some problems like don't don't get me wrong um but i i, I but uh, man i have played through that game so many goddamn times <laughs> and i have never actually i've never actually gotten the the gotten the overtime mode it's it's that hard and it's that good so and, like just just one thing i want to jump in on i guess to make like i guess the points i'm saying a bit more relevant to our listeners is like with Dead Rising, with Resident Evil 6, I think they, they do a good job of placing, like, that's why I say they're like arcade simulators. Like, the games aren't simulators as in realistic simulators. But like, oops, sorry, sorry. So, so, so basically what I was saying, like, it puts you in the shoes. You are Frank West, their journalist, in a mall with zombies, and you do need to do what you need to survive. And gameplay is not sacrificed to give you that simulation. So instead of like, say, like Resident Evil 7 or like any game after 6, where I feel like in a zombie movie, jump, like in real life, jumping on your back is like, like I don't know, like being, being as these characters, you see them in cutscenes do all these actions and you've always just watched them do it. Resident Evil 6 is the only game that allows you to do cutscene actions in a game with your own agency. And I think it's it's crazy that like a game like Dead Rising, for example, is another game where it, like it stresses player agency and it also helps immersion because like, yeah, you're Frank West in the mall. I need to take a bat off the shelf. I can do it. And um, I think it's crazy that they saw those details and like now they'll focus on how many like pigeons you can collect in the game world and not on, hey, like that guy's got a cool hat. Could I take it from him? Like. It's like so strange that they they would like focus on all the wrong details. Like I feel like games now have like immense resources spent on stuff no one gives a shit about. Like here's here's a question for you: why why is it that I love the first Dead Rising, but for some reason the second one I always get bored with? Well, Personally, the, the, the second one. Uh, I mean, as everyone tries to tell me, the second one adds so much to the game, but I feel like it's missing something with the first that's, one. That's that's the one with the daughter and the medicine, right? Yeah, yeah. the daughter and the medicine yeah. thing. I I think the the biggest key missing from Dead Rising Two is like one thing. It's also I feel like with developers around the world is they misinterpreted why the first one was like a fun game. And I think that the thing I like about Frank West's mission, so to speak, is like it's contained in a way where you know what you got to do, but you can do it however you please, but not in a way that wastes your time and not in a way where you feel forced. Like it's not like you have to literally get an antidote for your daughter in the second game where it's like it's a chore. Like they give you a responsibility that you don't want in a video game, mm. whereas like. Frank West as like a journalist 
you're playing a game not to serve other people i'm playing a game to be the cool guy like you know get the scoops <laughs> like yeah it, it really incentivizes your actions in a different way i mean like uh, a good contrast i would say in terms of like a sequel and and then missing the point is like the mercenary sis- series right like oh. the mercenary, oh. like puts the you goat. in the shoe of like a soldier of fortune like you're you're in there to make money in the situation using any tools or means necessary. Badass. Like and you can and go in the order the you want. Movie, yeah. Like like and sorry, not the second movie, but in the first one, like cash is king. If you have the money, you can have it, which is like fantastic. Cause like when you get the abilities to call in like new weapons, new tanks, or new jets, like it's a rush. And then you have like all the cool ass ways to call them in, like lasers or satellite, like the first satellite airstrike you get where it like pans up in the camera and you're like, these fuckers can't hide this time. Like it's not the laser sight. Like, dude, I'm going to blow these guys away. In the second one, they turn airstrikes into a mini game. So it's like, not like a fire and forget. Like you got to pay attention now. Like you can't just go back to shooting guys and watch the explosion. And then, then you have resources why the hell do I want to collect resources? I just want to put guys in jail or get bounties. Like they, they take the immediacy and the fun of collecting money away. They actually like punish you for using the assets you want to use. So like, I think that's the reason why these sequels suck is, is they see the fun of the first one and they think by making that fun less fun they're giving people more incentive to play, which is like such a bizarre feedback loop because the sequels get worse in a lot of series. Yeah. Like Dead Rising's only gotten worse since then. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys, like, how did you feel about three and four? Uh, I forgot that three existed. And then four was one of the worst things I ever put my hands on. Oh, nice. Gosh, it's it's, it's that, it's that easy. (laughs) Okay. Um, Dang, I forget. You know what's funny? It's like, this is what I was like kind of expecting this to happen, but I also wasn't where it's like we went from like kind of like more like, oh, you know, this is what I liked and like, and then it turned into something completely. Honestly, I think we just kind of got back into, for those really, no one knows this, but we had recorded our second episode of Up to It, Down to It, and it was actually about the state of the gaming industry. I feel like we've, and unfortunately, the audio just got completely it just wasn't recoverable unfortunately like it just got it didn't work out basically that was that was one of our most acidic and biting conversations i've ever it'd had it'd been so it good if great. we kept that somehow i feel like naturally we, we drifted back there but we did it, i much. still feel like it, it's relevant because it, it's weird it's not so much a genre of game i hate it's a technique of like making games that i hate yeah but like, yeah i i think it's it's this weird like anti-fun Thing, like, dude, like, I'm, I'm reading up on the like the latest Halo news, right? So, like, they're like, okay, oh, the but, sandbox oh, stuff, yeah, they're like, our sandbox, like, we can have the classic shotgun in it, there's a place for it, but but we won't because we want a new weapon in it. And I'm like, just dude, just put the fucking shotgun in the game so people can use it and put your new gun in. Like, why the fuck can't I have both of them? It's, it's just like such these, like, I, I can't believe these guys have like this ego on them where they're like, trust me, guys you'll have more fun. I know what you want. It's like, dude, I know what I want. I just want a Halo game that has every single gun that ever existed in it. <laughs> I don't care about balance. I don't care about... Dude, I'm, I play campaign. I don't give a fuck what the multiplayer guys are doing. I may hop on every now and then, but like, 
I just want to shoot aliens with every type of gun I can get my hands on, and and you're you're keeping it out of my hands. I've heard a lot of different people that like Halo on different shows, and for all the same, they all kind of amount to the same thing where they're just kind of like, yeah, I know about the last one, like they they're just kind of like questionable on things, but. I th- they just want Halo so badly. They're just like, I just want this game. And it's like, yeah, things didn't look good. And it's like, are you going to play it? Are you going to like want to like, are you looking forward to it? And like, yeah, it's probably my most imp- anticipated game of the year. And it's just so, it's weird watching it happen because it's like, you can tell these people aren't maybe the happiest about what the current direction is, but they just, just want it either way. For something. They just want it. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy mm. how it's become... We're the new Sonic fans. Yeah. Halo is really so awesome. the new Sonic fans. Like it's to the point where like you've taken so much else, where she's like, "Just give us a W, please, please." And, until until people stop supporting these things, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get what we want. Yeah, but, same, but here's, it's the here's same the same thing with people that are just like, man. I yeah. really wish this fifth installment of this film was was better. And it was just like, well, was the previous one good? No. Was the previous one good? No. Was the previous, previous, previous one good? No. Then stop giving them money, and then they'll realize, oh, shit, we actually need to hire talent to make this. Yeah. I will say, I yeah. didn't I didn't get into Fallout 76 and Transformers last night. I stood back and I said, no, you will not have that money and I will not play nor watch these games. Oh yeah, I didn't buy 76 stuff. either. Yeah. Uh, Bobby has been oh, trying dude. to get me to Bobby's buy Bobby's bothering me about it too. Actually, apparently I have it. I didn't even realize uh, it because it's on uh, Game Pass, so I have it for free. Apparently they fixed everything and I'm looking up more videos trying to find someone to convince me like, hey, they fixed everything. Hey man, you know what? But they haven't. I even if they fixed everything, you're still buying a game that was broken at launch, and it took them this long yeah. to fix it. How, how long ago did like, it come? If out? it took them this long, then that on its own is like a big sin in my book. That like I don't even know if I should be giving you money at this point if it took you this long to get it to the point where I'm gonna I would, like it. Yeah. I would Fallout seventy six came a, out three years ago. Yeah. Holy shit! Okay. I would give a pass to um, what's their name? It was Hello Games that did No Man's Sky because they're honestly, that's a small team. Yeah, I think it's a little, and more they somehow turned that around. Like, yeah, it's like it's a small indie team that just kind of got overhyped. Where Sony's like, look what we have, and they're like, but when it's, oh, Jesus but when Christ, it's a oh big company, especially like Bethesda, where it's like it's, it's just a pattern, and it's going to continue to be a pattern until people say no, I'm not going to get fooled by this again. Where you're like, it's good now, we fixed all the bugs. Like, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky came out five years ago and it didn't become the game that they advertised at E3 2013 until November 2020. That is pretty bad. Yeah. Though. yeah. That's, yeah that's still pretty That's yeah. pretty yeah. fucking but, egregious. Yeah, and that's that's I'm like that's like if 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 uh if uh um Gearbox software released an Aliens Colonial Marines update uh, and and it was like ooh. and it was like a passable aliens game and it was just like wow so you just released years later the game that you advertised at E3 yeah i was just actually watching a documentary about that where uh they got the money to do it they got funded their money and then instead of using what Sega gave them, they straight up said, oh, we're going to put this into Borderlands. And they outsourced the game. 
to another developer. Oh, there you go, Ty. Another reason. Another, another reason, reason why you tried to ruin my life. Oh, yeah. it was one of Randy's what amazing magic tricks. Been on? Yeah. Wait, I'm trying to get on a bit. Oh, sorry. Was, um, okay, two things. One, this is another controversial one. Sorry for the guys listening. I'm going to be the bad guy of the I podcast do. right now. But, hey, gamers are the type of people typically that deserve to be fucked with like this. This is why they have these terrible games, these developers that, like, continually abuse them. Because, like, a lot of gamers are dorks. They're people who are like, oh, okay, man. Like, dude, if a dealer steals my bag of weed, if I go from the used car dealership and the wheels fall off when I pull out, dude, I'm going right back in there. Bro, there's a problem. There's a, I don't care what happens next, but I'm going in there to let them know something's got to happen, right? Yeah. That help? That's what the, the authority, part of the police's job is to stop people from stealing. So why is it all of a sudden like these things happen? And they're like, okay, well, I know making games is hard. Oh, God I, damn it, dude, you better turn your computer on. That ain't hard. I got like, my <laughs> money back. I got my money back true. here instantly. Well, hey, if, if this is something that I guess ties into something I was going to talk about earlier. Um, talking about turn-based RPGs. I'll talk about the good stuff at the end. Maybe I'll end on a good note. But <laughs> exactly what you're saying, Miles. Um, I hate doing this because I'm going to be ripping into a series that is very dear to me. But man, like what I was saying earlier to Comron about how like the first two Pokemon games feel very unique and they have a very you know particular voice to them. And they're very special to a lot of people. And I, I know why. It's because it's the original designer working on it. And then after that, they kind of began to go off and do their own thing. Um, that's unfortunately a series that I feel like has gotten into that point where it's like comfort food for people, me included. Where like they kind of just continue to like kind of get away with cutting corners a little bit. Everybody's like, yeah, but it's okay. It's Pokemon. And it's like, no, you should not be okay with that. Like... Like, the latest one was kind of... I, I didn't even check out the latest run because uh, it was apparently originally going to be a 3DS game and then they just ported it to Switch and didn't end up, like, fixing all the stuff that was, like, going to be the limitations of, like, what made it a mobile game. Like, they, they were just like, well, screw it, whatever. We're just going to leave all the limitations in. We're not going to try and, you know, um, expand. Oh, yeah, and I was like, oh, ugh, that's, like, bad for me. Because, like, in the previous games, they'd always done thing like... Uh, they'd always tried to make sure everything that had previously been in the past titles, you know, passed on into the next title, you know. And um, it's not as if they don't literally have, you know, hundreds of these Pokemon models, you know, fully rigged with animations with all their stats saved, you know, in a library, but a lot of them, they were just like, ah, we don't want to put them in the next game. It's extra work. Like, no, we're not going to do it. And so then they later they like release it as DLC. And I'm like, ah, oh, that feels lazy and disingenuous. I don't like that. Um, there's a lot of things in the most recent game that were like going to be limitations because of memory storage on the 3DS that they like didn't end up fixing in the final version because they just didn't want to go back and do it again. And I was like, ah, oh, that feels really disingenuous. And I feel like with RPGs especially, like, you know, like I was saying, I feel like there's a few turn-based RPGs that are very near and dear to me, and then the rest, it's kind of like just the same stuff over and over, and people just freaking eat it up. Uh, freaking Final Fantasy. Um, like, <laughs> dude. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> Which one? Well, okay, good example. I really tried to get into, because I own uh, 
Did you get I've seven? got six, aka three, in the West because there's that whole numbering. Don't don't eh. uh, I, that shit was long, it, the game itself looked confusing before they told me there were like fifteen long, different. Long ones story short, numbers if you in lived countries. in if you were a nineties kid who grew up on Super Nintendo, I'm I'm not. You know that's actually before my time, really. But um, like people who grew up with Super Nintendo know it as Final Fantasy three. Because the the first couple games got skipped in the West, so they got renumbered. Um, but it, this is actually Final Fantasy VI. Uh, I've tried to start and actually play that game a lot of times. I own like the official like strategy guide. I've got the freaking printable, the printout map that it came with, um, the manual, everything. Like I I feel like I'm fully equipped to like tackle this game, but just like it feels like the mechanics. Uh, you know the characters are are beautifully written. They're really funny, which I wasn't expecting. I thought that's great. A game with like humor. Uh, that's like a you know traditional medieval fantasy setting. You don't see that very often. The world is great. Um, it feels really fleshed out. But oh my gosh, these freaking! I've I feel like I've just like been doing this battle system for years, and it's the same battle system I've seen in so many other RPGs, and it just bores me to tears. And I just can't get through it. And like going into towns where the towns are like too big and like you lose focus on like what you're supposed to be looking for. And you just spend an entire hour going and talking to every single NPC and seeing what they have to give you. And I'm just like, where's the, uh, where, where's the part where I get to choose? Either, either give me a, a game where I get to choose where I want to do, like Roman's saying, where you have freedom. It's an RPG. Or like give me something that's really focused and has a story that it wants to tell, like the RPGs that I do like. Uh, like I'm playing Earthbound right now. I love that freaking game. Not for the battle system, because it's got the same freaking battle system as every other RPG. But it's extremely focused. It doesn't get you off track. It is a, It has a story it wants to tell, and it tells it in a nice, concise, rapid pace. Uh, same with Undertale. I like that one a lot, because it's got a fun gimmick where you can choose to either kill or you know spare any enemy that you come across you can kill any main character or you can let every single character and npc that you come across live that's fun and the story's only five hours and it's really focused really short no freaking side quests you know uh getting sidetracked nonsense uh freaking you know paper mario it's great for the same reason as like as soon as a game as soon as a game developer gets mad at you for like failing quests like if if you went if if you were playing fallout new vegas and and you were and you were trying to play through the whole game it's it's actually impossible for you to play every single mission in one playthrough because you end up pissing someone off yeah and you cannot do their quests meanwhile in fallout 3 like if you killed three dog the game was over because it you can no longer progress to the next point mm. of the game. Meanwhile in Fallout New Vegas you can kill anybody and and then go to Freeside and get fisted by a robot named Fisto. Like you could do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that Undertale took that for instance. That was a good example. The, I like that though. Yeah, That's yeah. A... I like that Toby Fox yeah, was never... like, I'm gonna do that where at any given point, if you come across an NPC and they wanna fight you, you can kill him. And you can just keep going and you'll see what happens at the end, I guess. I'm like, that's cool. And it's five hours long. So the replayability is like, you know, endless. Like you can just go back and do whatever comes. Hey, this didn't sound like real, real plebeian, but like 
the thing that kind of gets me with, with devs, right? It feels like these are like really complex issues, but they're super simple. Like, um, I miss linear campaign level exactly. games now. Yes. Like, yeah. A, a game like Cyberpunk didn't have to be open world. Like, it could just have been like levels that you can explore. Because what's weird is is when I go back and replay like the Halo trilogy. I feel like I'm like rewatching a movie because like there's each mission with each level, like with each cutscene, and you get to enjoy everything in like a nice way you enjoyed it. Whereas like you can, you can play a little differently you can use different weapons. You can focus on different challenges if the games afford that. But like a, yeah, a game like cyberpunk, when you're just driving around in the car, like actually to be on, let me rewind. Let me reiterate. I was playing Halo 3 ODST, and I think the genius of that game is they have an open world you can explore and at your own convenience. So if you really don't feel like wasting time, you can just go and do the missions immediately. If you want to like goof off and kind of immerse yourself in, in wandering around and doing the mystery, yeah, you can do that as well. And then if you're replaying, you can just do the missions and not even bother with the open world. So I, I think it's interesting how they give you all the options in a very simple way whereas like if you replay far cry 5 you're going to spend a lot of time walking god forbid you want to replay gta 5 and spend a lot of yeah. time driving like dude the the decline in quality from gta 4 to gta 5 ugh, is a try i'll never get over that outrageous dude. outrageous well dude. you know it, it's um Oh, no, sorry. No. One, one last. Sorry. Thing. Kinda, um... <laughs> I'm never gonna. The latency on these calls is never gonna stop messing with me. Where I think somebody's done talking. Oh no! Yeah. I'm sorry, sorry man. That. Sorry about that. All right, Miles, go first, and then yeah. time. <laughs> okay. Okay. So one thing, like I, I want to, I guess, add to to what Roman was saying earlier, like real time strategy games. Like I love the 360 era. Because when they were initially trying to get games onto consoles, like RTS games, they actually really tried to sell you an experience. So like Tom Clancy's End War is like, it isn't the, the best RTS, but playing it is still like an experience, dude. Like having the camera set at ground level and like the units are, are fighting, there's different counters and stuff. So you get some like really intense battles. You're watching like the guys shoot off and like different abilities and whatnot. Like it, it's cool just to be in that scenario, even if it's for 20 minutes, it's fun to look back on. I think it's crazy how like an RTS game that has all these different ways of presentation that have been successful, like they've sold well or, or they've been memorable. And then all of a sudden, now everyone wants to do these like pseudo Diablo games, like the Warhammer Dawn of War 3 was just like shitty Diablo or like, the, the Command and Conquer 4 was like shitty Diablo. And it's like, dude, what don't you guys understand about the games being enjoyable like this? Or, or at least attempting to like, you know what, let's, let's spin it on its head. Let's do something crazy, but still has that awesome experience. But like, it's weird how like RTSs nowadays have amalgamated into like the same type of like pseudo mobile game now. And it, it, I just don't get it. Like, where do these guys think they're, they're going to outsmart their fans? Like, uh, well, you know what's been having a great renaissance, Miles, for the RTS area? What? Age of Empires. They. I don't want to play with the. 
in I want like robots. <laughs> but Miles, it's tanks. your fight, your knights and things and Mamelukes and stuff. But I will say Bro. they they did something crazy though. You got just hear me out here. I I mm. this was like the first thing that took me away from a console. This was like the PC game where I was like, this is on a computer. And it's like, it's something I, I've tried an RTS on a console before and I was, uh, I played Halo Wars and I was like, it was mortifying. I was like, why am I using a yeah. controller for this when I should just be using a mouse and keyboard? But Age of Empires 2, I loved that game so much. And then, you know, it was gone and they made Mythology in 3 and they were great too. I really loved them as well. But eventually, you know, the series was gone. Mm. They kind of HD'd the first one. And then they did two, like they did an HD, the second one, but then they made like a high definition version and you're like, okay, it's just graphics and stuff. They said, no, we're, let's bring in the game and make like five new expansion packs to a game that only had one expansion before. So they've been making more civilizations and putting in more stories to a game that's like, from me at like 10 years old, a 20 year old game. They're still making yeah. content for it. And then uh, they just like made a, a, a definitive version of like the third one. But basically they didn't try to do some edgy new thing with it. They just said, we know what people like and let's build off of it. I wish more devs were like that. Like It's so it, amazing. It just kills me that the ego these guys have to think like, it's like, imagine if you went to the convenience store and you're like, time to buy my stick of butter and like with a straight face. You open the butter and his mayonnaise, and they're like, "Look, brah, I know you like butter, but like, <laughs> gotta mix it up for you, man." Yeah. Like, in fact, this is more expensive, right? We worked hard <laughs> on this shit. You can't just give it back, like that's just ass. You know, what's funny is like that kind of perfectly segues into what I was gonna say, which is like, and I said this on that last episode where I feel like there's so many devs that just want to tell like a a more straightforward, linear story, and they tack it on all these like open world or like rpg elements that like are just game lengtheners you know um and and i was talking earlier about how like the genre that i i I feel like i like the most you know talking about adventure games like they are probably the most like the most fat is like cut off of them like everything feels intentional like um Shadow of the Colossus and Eco are probably like two of the best examples um, where you have this like big open world to explore, but like a very focused story. A lot of it's implied because a lot of, you know, neither of those games are, are really in English. Um, and uh, it's like set up so that you're, you're solving puzzles in Eco and in Shadow of the Colossus, you're, you know, fighting these boss fights, which aren't exactly fights. They're more like, you know, giant puzzles um where like the puzzle is like a big living thing that you have to sort of outsmart and uh and and they're like so concise you could beat shadow of the colossus in you know a weekend same with eco but they're like you know you ask anybody who's played those games and they're like oh they're like some of the most impactful games i've ever played you know same with journey journey you can play in a night uh and uh like there's a lot of crossover with like you know puzzle games like portal the original portal you can play in like a weekend uh and it has like a short concise story that's like super memorable and really funny and the the second one is just you know exactly the same thing but with just more content and you know different puzzles um and and so many of these games it feels like they had their heyday 
in like the end mm. of the PlayStation 1 era to like the start of the PlayStation 3 era and now they're dead, right? Like and the only place you can find games like these anymore are like from more indie studios who are willing to like focus their efforts into like something very specific like um uh like Fez or like uh PT wasn't exactly indie, but it was made by like a small group of people. Um, or yeah, like oh, still so still sad so sad. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's a, a game about interacting with the environment through you know sort of puzzle like circumstances. Or um, it does sound like Kojima's making a new version. Supposedly, I, I don't want to get my hopes supposedly. up. Supposedly, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry, I, I was trying to jump. PT reminded me of like another concept. I think is so funny. Is like I, I remember I was chilling. And I'm so excited for Death Stranding. I'm watching gameplay. It looks like my perfect type of game. So, so you know, anyways, like it, it's a hiking simulator. That's cool. Like, I think it's funny. They made a game that, like, flipped time-wasting on its head. They're like, how do we make the walking from objective to objective actually entertaining? And it's like, now, like, the journey's fun. It's not like Fallout 4 where you just walk to a place, shoot everybody, leave. Like this, this is the walking's the fun part. And sometimes stuff happens on the way. There's challenges and stuff. So what I thought was so funny is like the same clowns who played Far Cry 3 with a smile on their face, same clowns that love wasting their own goddamn time doing nothing, driving places and everything, all of a sudden have a game that engages that sensibility. And they're like, I can't believe this game would just have me move from point A to point B. Like it's... I can't go. Kojima's off the group. Like, like, <laughs> dude, are you guys kidding me? Like, it's it's insane. Like, I, I think one thing that's kind of taken me a bit away from gaming now is the cognitive dissonance corporations have been able to like instill in players. Like, as I was saying before, like it's offensive or toxic behavior to be upset with developers. For selling you a bad product like guys will be like game development's hard you know and i'm like so is construction but you don't see me like being like it's all right when a building collapses like, <laughs> dude, like <laughs> they shouldn't have been tried. in the building <laughs> yeah like it's it's crazy where it, it i don't know how they managed to do this uh, actually you know what i i think it, the advent of social media and being able to contact the developer and being accepted by them and that could potentially lead to a job maybe is is what impressed this upon people because like I, I don't know how it is but like man like it's just pathetic now like you look at e3 in the games they announce it's always like cinematic game that won't look like this when it comes out Sorry, it makes you think of uh, PlayStation 5 uh, and Xbox, you know, uh, like reveal little uh, live stream videos they did where all the, like every single dev that they had on was always like, we want to create something that's special and meaningful and tells a story that makes you feel, I don't know, like important and all these other things. And I'm just like, dude, is it fun? Is it a fun game? Yeah. Is, am I gonna have a good time playing it? Or are you gonna use buzzwords for an hour? Like, dude. Uh, yeah, that you hit the nail on the head, man. Like, it's it's crazy now. One thing I do like about, like, say, a service like Game Pass, though, is 
is now if I have a whim, I can try a game out and I can just stop if I don't like it and try yeah. something else. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's really good. You know how you know how much I, like, I I abuse the Steam function of of you play like less than two hours of a game, you could just get a full refund. Oh gosh, yeah. I'll just I'll just buy a game, play it for like thirty minutes, and just be like, "Wow, this blows!" and get my money back. <laughs> Giving you two a heads up, you know they have Game Pass on PC. Hey. Right? It's uh, like six bucks. Listen, I I never heard of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I don't know who that also, is. Also, word of warning, people. I, I always uh, I do work for Microsoft, so anything I do say does not reflect the company. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. Now see, we've know. been talking. We've been talking shit this whole time, so you know whatever. I don't even work for Xbox yeah, specifically. I'm not even in that area. If I was, I probably wouldn't be talking at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I gotta put that warning out sometimes. It's like required or whatever. Nah, that's fine. No worries. No worries, man. Like, guys, I've got to say, like. I, I, I'll end on a good note, though. I'll end on a good note. I feel like I've been super toxic because all this stuff's been bubbling underneath me. But one thing I, I think I love in games that I do enjoy is, like, Ace Combat. Like, one thing, they, they have, like, this incredible soundtrack, like, funny dialogue, awesome missions and stuff like that. But um, the thrilling part about that game is there's always new stuff to talk about whenever you play it, which I think is interesting because like when I go to hang out with friends and everything, it's funny where they're like, Oh, you're playing that game. Like what's happening in it now. And you get almost like a second part of enjoyment talking about what you did in that game. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, um, games I don't like, it's like, Oh, I just watched that cut scene again. Mm-hmm. Blank. Um <laughs> And and oh, sorry, like and something I wanted to say earlier that's come back to me is say like a, a game like Metal Gear Solid one, two, and three, right? These mo- they're they're movie games in my opinion, but like the way they entertain you is like the cutscenes are uh, like extraordinary. Like they deliver the plot, but they're also extremely entertaining to watch, and they're condensed scene like vignettes of what he likes in movies. And then when gameplay starts it's a fun you know novel game so like a thing i I find so funny is i had such a hard time playing uncharted 2 because i'd put the controller down to be like ah yes time to enjoy my cutscene, and it's a quick time event i'm like look look, i'm trying to watch the movie here like i feel like it's like spy kids 3d and they just poke you in the (laughs) eye each time they're like you can't hey that's my my wife you're talking about there (laughs) i mean look there's games who do it worse, like people like Uncharted, so I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just using it as an example, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's the worst example of it, but I mean, it's like, come on guys, just give me a break here, like at least Halo puts those two bars down, like where it's like, you get to watch now, you can relax now, and then Halo 4, they're like, <laughs> You thought like <laughs> the red buttons now. I will say, Miles. I think for just Uncharted's case, it fooled you because it looks so good. You couldn't tell what was the gameplay and what was the cutscene when it was going on because there were clear cutscenes that weren't quick time. It was just that good that it tricked you. So I, it tricked me into thinking I'd spend my day on the couch <laughs> there. I got up. And took <laughs> <out>. <laughs> you guys. Like, hey, look, dude. I mean, like, w- one thing that that's kind of messed up though is like, I remember playing GTA Four and my dad walking in the room and I just shot a guy and he was like, 
oh my god like that's crazy like because it was like so realistic so like it, it's so weird because think in in that sandbox it was so interactive that like just shooting a guy in the leg was entertaining mm-hmm. and then yeah. in, in retrospect when you do that in gta 5 you get bored of it whereas like i don't know it's it just that type of like you're in a simulation like that's it's it's not a simulation of real life but it's a simulation of life in gta 4 which is like cool like <laughs> yeah dude gta 4 was incredible still is oh Definitely. man right, this boys. this convo wore me out yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean you two literally left for drinks so at one yeah. point you were done <laughs> i mean i don't even remember what it was about like that was the this is definitely not our longest episode, but it's like one of those ones where we got in a lot of, I guess, what we wanted to say and everything else that was pent up and lost from before. It was like, oh, now's our chance to kind of reiterate and get that in since we like lost it yeah. previously. Might have to be a part one and part two, guys, because I'm ick. No, this lost is a good it. stopping point, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Honestly, we could, there's, I feel like there's always more we could just talk about games in general. Like, we didn't even, I didn't even get to like talk about, ubisoft and being open world and all that kind of mumbo jumbo and whatnot but like there there's definitely so much we can come back to this at a later date and god knows how many i will say guys uh just for this show uh it's a lot different than the other shows i normally host just because there's usually an agenda it's all organized and there's like this stuff where it's here with us (laughs) we're uh i that's how i describe it for each time i describe this show i'm like yo this is the off the rails one we go crazy it's weird i sometimes have to bleep things out which i hate doing but now i gotta do again this time thanks miles but like (laughs) i mean uh, what do you gotta bleep out (laughs) god damn (laughs) you son of a bitch the the word sandwich bleep that one out too so you don't know yeah bleep out sandwich (laughs) dude I yeah, I'm wrong before before I sign off because yeah. I'm about to collapse. But the reason I do like I don't want to market this show yet is I do like building a backlog of content that my followers that when they do access, it's like a treasure trove of like behind the scenes thinking. I mean, like this is stuff like I don't really tweet about or or I might, but like I think it's interesting that we can keep doing these genuine episodes, even if they aren't popular, because in the future, when we do have our own content and like we're all even more successful, it's going to be a great resource to go back on because it's like it's like the stuff that will be on our (laughs) Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I I will say, like, depending on how things go in the future, because I I have no idea how, like, I mean, as you guys have seen, I've kind of gone like quadruple times the amount of podcasting i expected since like we've been at least in quarantine and uh, i've created like all these different shows and this is honestly like don't tell the other ones but this is always the one i'm looking forward to because i know like there's no organization needed and it's like we have a whole list of different topics to go off of but that's just it it's just like random topics there's no research done it's just like hey do you guys want to talk about this and then we just jump into it and that's what the fun has been plus the fact that i'm not doing this weekly it's not like every other week this is just like we do it when we can there's no like caveats to it it's just like whenever um to the point where like we're i mean miles when once you get the computer it's gonna be amazing oh until then for those that don't oh, know miles has been on his phone fo- for all these episodes miles is on a phone there's no way so, they could have known like it's it's not it's not yeah there's no way <laughs> 
there's no obvious portion at all. But like, I do my best to make sure. Huh? The top. I'm. I'm like. Hey, the future got so uncertain now, so I'm just waiting because I'm like, I do not want to be that homeless picture with the guy <laughs> on the laptop. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm riding this storm out until it's clear, and then, but like, hey, dude, I'm excited to get a PC too because that's that's literally like the next stage of my content okay. platform. No, but hey, sure. one step at a time. But I mean, eventually too, once you. Once you do start sharing it out, I'm hoping we get a lot more people, but we'll see. And uh, I mean, like things have been different too since I've like switched our, I don't know if you guys know, but I switched our like RSS platform where it's like the distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I switched it so that instead of being on like four different platforms, we're on like 16 and it's really great. But now we're just not on SoundCloud, which is weird because that was kind of like our flagship spot for a while. And it's just been interesting doing it all. And I'm just honestly happy to be with you guys again because there was like a weird point from like October to January where we didn't have any episodes and it was like me kind of jumping in, making two other shows, joining other people's shows where like now we're kind of working on something potentially like our, not a combined company, but uh, like a a place where we can all kind of prosper off of each other, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's still in the works and you guys, you guys got me at a lucky time. This is, uh, I'm taking like, th- uh, this is Thursday. And I have five other shows to record over the next three days. So right now you have me at the height of my energy. Whereas as this goes on with all these other recordings going to do this weekend, I'm going to be gradually dying over each one until the last one. I'm just going to be kind of a corpse they got to make talk by the end of it. Being like, yeah, so the thing with the whatever. But... Yeah, it's gonna. Oh man, it's gonna be a fucking week. I'll tell you, man. But, <laughs> all right, dude. I'm gonna right. go late on because it is three in the morning, and I don't know what tomorrow's yeah, gonna bring. Same. No, for sure, Miles. Before you go, where can where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, the Count of S, Instagram, Miles WCD, or I just might be on the streets. You know, I'm, I'm a random guy. Show up in a lot of different countries. <laughs> That's true. Roman, where can where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Revolver Roman, or you can find me in uh, the Savannah local jail. Uh, bail is usually at a thousand dollars. I promise I will get it back to you. Awesome, that's that's wonderful. Ty Tyler Robertson, how how can people find you? Le Bradford. <laughs> Le Bradford, yeah. And don't go leaking my middle name on the internet. Uh, <laughs> All four people will find out. You can uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at a uh, it's Titanic I T S T Y T A N I C. I'll post art or music or something sometime soon. Oh yeah, I never said I did and the intro music for this episode. Yeah, we have a new intro starting with this episode. You can also. And- follow ty on his brand new instagram that i what? made for him yes i'm gonna send him the login information <laughs> at, uh i did i did i made you an instagram uh so you'll start posting stuff it's it's le bradford <laughs> <and I>, <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it, it right there that's the end of the episode no fucking way. 
it. That's it, guys. That's it, guys. Um, you know, I need to go to bed. Same. Yeah, you follow follow me real fast. Go go Comzilla on uh, Twitter <laughs> and Killashoosh on Instagram. I said it. There you go. I never say my Instagram, but that's that's what it is. Um, Killashoosh. Of course, leave us good reviews and shit, and uh, share us out. Just share us with other people. If you want more bullshit like this, then it fucking yeah. And of course, new intro. Uh, it may not be permanent because I might add some more stuff to it, but it's just gonna be the music this time, Ty. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. That's it. She See is. you next Thanks time. <laughs> Shishi. <laughs> <laughs>